。看来我们只能靠自己了。地球错失了最后的一个机会。这座公寓不是庇护所。Hi everyone, and welcome to Middle Earth, your source for insight into China's cultural industry. How the cultural business works in that part of the world, told by the ones who are in the trenches of creation, production, and distribution. I'm your host, Aladdin Faré from CCP, China Compass Production, your film production service in the Middle Kingdom. And this show is a member of the Cineca Network. As usual, you can take a look at the show notes to find the recommendation and the guest contact info. In today's time, it is Qingjie or Chinese Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. The moment when you show off how cool you are to your date. And in case you are in Beijing, you might want to bring that person to Camera Stilo, a nice bar located in the Hotong. After running this show for a few months, I thought it would be nice to have a case study about a cultural brick and mortar kind of business. We are today with the boss of this fine establishment, Sonia. Hi. Hi. After graduated from Deakin University in Melbourne, you founded this place in 2015, and you have run it since. Yeah. You also worked one year for a VOD company called Time Vision, but since then you keep focusing on your establishment. Yeah. As you can imagine, we are recording right now in the bar. Therefore, we might have some outside noise、uh, coming up. I'm gonna come really clean with the audience.、Uh, Camera Studio is maybe my favorite place in Beijing. I've been coming here maybe way too often over the past two years. And the one thing that really struck me is that when I came two years ago, at the beginning,、uh, you basically had one film per day that were shown at night. That's why it's called Camera Studio. But since 2017, over now, what I realized was the transformation of this place, and I was really impressed. Is That at the beginning you had just like one film per day every day, and now we have like three film over the weekend. But then during the weekdays you do have a comedy stand-up. Also, you had one room that you basically change it completely into some kind of a vintage store. Thank you. So now you also have a vintage store. Then after you keep upgrading your your cocktail, your bar, everything. So a place that at the beginning I thought was already nice and cozy, then suddenly I can see like an upgrade coming like. Every few months.、Uh, so first, can you talk about why did you started this business, and then how come you had to do all those upgrades? Because I guess if you did those upgrades, it's because business was not as good as it should be. It's complicated. It's can't really say business not really good or something, but of course, yes, business is always not good enough. I started running this place with my ex girlfriend. We didn't really think about like business model. So basically, we have no business plan. We have no. Crew, how to earn money, so everything. So we just started this because we found this beautiful building. So in the beginning,、um, we just do film screening because my ex girlfriend really love classical movie, black and white, you know, musical. So we're trying to do that, but maybe because we don't have any experience for running business. So very less people, and also we don't know how to promotion. So like you lost a lot of money. Yeah, for the first two years, basically we lost a lot of money. Me. But、uh, she quit. But after second year, we got a couple of new investors, and、uh, they know this place because we're doing film, and they are making films. So they re- really love to, you know, invest money. You know, try to help with the promotion, with everything. We basically have like five. Uh, shareholders, and also we have new shareholders coming. Can you please keep explaining the journey of you start with the place, which is just like running maybe film that, except cinema student, no one really cares.、Mm-hmm. And now you have like all those all those side job between the the vintage. I guess you are renting the the room next to us. Like right now, there's going to be a. 
um, Twico show, there's going to be yeah. like some stand-up. Yeah. In the beginning, we just do like regular film screening, which is like uh, every film per night. But normally it's nobody here, so which just looks very sad. So we're trying to to have like one Q and A event like every week. In the beginning, we only focus on documentaries, and then you know like more people know about this place because we're doing this kind of like uh, interesting um, cultural events. Then people coming, you know, more and more people come know starting to know this place. Besides Q and A event, we also developed some like other interesting event. For example, like the room, you know. Like, yeah, the the really famous "So Bad It's Good" movie. Yeah, the the best or worst movie ever. So uh, and also Rocky Horror Picture Show. So we trying to bring more interesting, you know, not just like culturally interesting and something like the really funny, interesting uh, events. Because in the beginning, like we trying to invite lots of famous director. Some are some are come, some are not because you know like it's a small place, and also we don't really have much budget to uh, improve our equipment, you know, chairs not comfortable, space is small. Like I would guess you could only invite Chinese directors? No, not just, just Chinese directors. Sometimes like uh, if some uh, o- director from overseas, they drop by Beijing and, you know, like they also want to, you know, like have an event, you know, like for screening, screening their own works. So people told them about this place so they come here asking for me oh if we can have an event oh sure if the movie is okay it's good and uh, not very sensitive stuff of course we can have a screening event then I found it's too much effort for this kind of event nothing cost for the event but then I realized it's the people just come for the event nothing consuming anything so basically if doing this event is losing money Sometimes I even feel shame, you know, to have a film event here. I remember this one time, uh, Zhao Liang, a Chinese documentary filmmaker. Yes, but he's very picky. This one time he come to the event, and I heard about it, he's very picky. So I'm trying to do my best. I even did a ren- renovation, again, just particular for him, just for the room. <laughs> got the cushions, got whatever, you know, upgrade the uh, the sound system, <laughs> just particular for him. And when they come here, stereo sucks, you know, like. Anyway, he's not happy, but in the end, it was good. In the beginning, I sort of appreciate if people come to watch the film. Then I just realized it's for me, it's too much work to do. You know, inviting director. You know, right now it's just like I'm not looking for the film. If it's really interesting, and uh, if I have time, I might organize something. But right now, it's just people come to me if they said, "Oh, well, we want to screen a movie because uh, oh, I have a new movie or whatever." Okay, so before you were. Producing the event, and now you're just like the guy renting the place. Yeah, yeah, because you know I really want to, but um, I just feel it's not worth today. You do have people coming here watching film and taking yeah. some drinks. Uh, you have the vintage shop. You have yeah. some event that you organize. You have the stand up that I that I guess are renting the yeah. room next to yeah. us and stuff like this. But then, could you give us like some kind of estimate of what is the percentage of each type of revenue? Well, everything comes from alcohol. Everything comes from the drink. Maybe sometimes we can get some like a renting phase, but very, very few times. So basically, we're just living on our drink sale. Okay, so it's terrible. So basically, people just want to pay for drinks and maybe food, but they don't really want to pay for culture. I guess it also depends on which venue or which organization you are. Because when people come in, they saw it's a bar. For example, like 798, like in Xiaoxitian, I don't know the English name, it's called Mm. This screening movie every day and they charge a lot, probably one ticket for 60 or 80 quite. That's much more higher than normal cinema. But people love to go because it's cinema, proper cinema. Of course, this place cannot compare with proper cinema. Cheers. 
are terrible. Equipments are cheap. You can't really feel like cinema feeling. You, you don't ask for a ticket because you don't pay the right of the film. Yeah, of course. And uh, But then people just come for the event because it's free. We not just do film. We are bar, we do film. Sometimes we do music. We do stand-up comedy. We do stage play. We do mime. We do we do exhibitions. We do everything we can do. The audience not really loyalty. And if audience not really loyalty, this seems not really willing to pay. Because, you know, for example, like Dian Zilaoguan, it's a cinema, very expensive, expensive cinema. But every day is full because people just go there for the movie and they are willing to pay. Yeah, because well, that's different. How would you then compare your place compared to the other cool indie place of, of Beijing? Because then it seems like you're a bit of an oddity, like you said, like yeah. you do a bit of everything. Yeah, so uh, we have no choice. We have to do everything. Otherwise, you know, because we found out like film cannot make money because lots of like regulation, you know, lots of rules. We can only do more stuff than we can get potential customers. But you're maybe the only place in old Beijing who can show this kind of film, right? Uh, not the only place. Like in the beginning, there's a couple of places like Camera Studio in Beijing. But after like one or two years, they all, you know, they are gone because... It really cannot make money. It's got cost over there. Other people just like cannot make it. But I'm still here because you know I don't really care about like any money. More care about is stay here. You know, do whatever I like. Two years ago, this was a very hard time. This just by myself, I living in the bar. I can't even have a shower. You know, that's my hardest time. So I'm thinking about like ah, just just give up. You know, like there's no point to stay here. Also, there's one film company. They come to me and says, oh, we really like, we really like your place. So anyway, we are looking for a new venue for our office. We can take over your business and change this place as a as an office. I was really thinking about that. But I was business still going on. So you have to pay extra money for takeover my business. But this seems to understand it. So they said, oh, we, we think about that. And uh, after months, there's no news. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, I guess that's a, that's a fate. So it's probably... It's telling me I have to stay here. So after after I made the decision by myself, just a couple of days, they sent me back. Says, "Oh, we're still interested in your place, so we are willing to pay the money you're asking for." And uh, I just thought, it's fine. You know, I want to stay here. And uh, I'm also I'm glad I made the decision to stay here because uh, it's definitely much more better than before. That's something great. Why is it better? Because like two years ago, it's losing money every month and right now it's at least it's break even even it's a shitty place stay here for a couple of years and of course more people know about their place so people come so you think it's just thanks to the time that people suddenly <laughs> like the marketing does itself so. people so. come and, and so. they keep coming it's not just about time if you do nothing and just stay here of course it's you're not going to make any change but at least i tried you know i'm trying to do uh, promotion i'm trying to make this place better And that's why, I guess. That was actually one of my questions because most of the time when I talk with people, they are creator or producer. They don't really do marketing at any point. Mm. But you are a place like you need to touch on people. So how do yeah. you market this place, this event? What do you do? Just trying to make the event looks more interesting. You don't have like a budget to pay for advertisement on WeChat, on Weibo. I don't, I don't. But the thing is like, you know, everybody uses WeChat and also and like WeChat promotion seems like the most efficiency for right now but how can you just like because everybody following like hundreds of different accounts so every time you're posting probably people don't say it but so what i'm doing right now is like trying to post something 
every day, so people won't forget you. They know, oh, it's 5 p.m. Probably camera still put something else. You know, they can check. I I don't do that. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a terrible customer. <laughs> But how do you know we have event? <laughs> Because you posted every Sunday. Oh, that's so. Except that thing, you don't really look at. Yeah, but then guilty of charge. Most of the time, it will be in Chinese, and then I okay, will right, right. I will spend too much time translating everything. Yeah, that's, you know that's the problem. It's like we're trying to do everything bilingual, but that's cost very long time. I mean, I mean, I don't think you should do it. Like the people were gonna come and pay money, other one were gonna stay yeah. long time here. But sometimes, like some, I remember sometimes like foreigners come here says, "Oh, I'm really appreciate the stuff you do bilingual." Because there's not too much stuff, especially for film in English. There's none、uh, WeChat account, like film WeChat account, like posting stuff in English. So really, really said, I'm really appreciate what you're doing. You know, the stuff you just post in English is very interesting. Some people come talk to me. I feel like I should abandon them. <laughs> But、uh, I would guess if you run a, a business here, you want Chinese customers. Yeah, of course. Yes.、Uh, unless you have like a relocation. Yeah. Or a French restaurants. Then、yeah. why would you care about the foreign customers? Because there's some big difference. It's like Chinese customer is very picky about everything. They don't really promotion your place. They probably like this place. Maybe bring some friends come here, you know, to the event, get a drink. But for foreigners, if they love this place and they're telling everybody, I have a friend of a friend. The guy opened the bar next to not too far from San Litun. No, he opened the bar next to Guomao, one、mm. of the business district. Apparently, when he opened the bar, he was really hoping to get like a few foreign people to be there for the opening, just、mm. to show like some cool attitude. Do you think that having foreigners over has like an influence on your Chinese customers or not? Good and bad. It really depends on what kind of Chinese customer you're targeting on. Sometimes it's good, and、uh, sometimes not really good. You know, for example, like.、Uh, Some bar in Gulo is particularly famous for foreigner customers, but、uh, I've been talking to some Chinese Chinese friend. They don't really like it. It's too many foreigners. It's too too loud. You know, too. So it's good and bad. You know. So basically, your point is just do good event to do interesting event, and then people will come. For me, because really, it's like very casually. We do it very casually. Sometimes we asking friend, oh, if if it's really big, for example, like.、Uh, To create program in Can, that's big. So asking people around, say, oh, if we can helping us to promotion it or whatever. But for the event at here, I just you know doing on our Weibo or doing our WeChat account, it's fine. Sometimes maybe in some foreign websites, time out Beijing there. It's not hard to get popular to become a, a YouTuber or whatever, get popular online. If you know what's majority、uh, people what's what they like, just focusing on them, it's fine. But it's not really fit our scene, because you know, we really into indies, indie cinema, of、uh, indie movies, you know, like、uh, something not very popular. Okay, but do you think there is a, enough market for tapping onto the hipster, urbanite people who loving who love cinema,、yes. who love a really specific kind of cinema in China? I guess yes, yes. It's it's not too much right now, but it's definitely growing. For example, like five years ago, I come to Beijing. There's no such called it like indie movies in China. What we know is underground movie. But just for like this years, lots of like independent movie, which is very low budget, they can go to cinema and、uh, make a 
a good profit. I just feel like it's great, you know, it, which means like this group of people is, you know, it's rising. And then the question is, why don't you do it? Why don't you move on to the business of making like a, a really small cinema? Well, it's very complicated in China. I really want to have like an independent cinema in China. Back to a couple of years ago, it seems not possible. But right now I can say this, this is light, you know, it's, it's possible to do that. That's what I'm working on. Could you please elaborate? Why do you think there is a light? Because actually at the moment when everyone keeps saying like China is getting more and more tighter on every single topic. It's fine. You know, government has their bottom line. If you don't touch the, reach the bottom line, it's fine. Also, there's lots of ways for filmmakers to express themselves. It don't have to be anti-government, hate the society, you know, showing you're angry or doing lots of sex, you know, doing the film. So lots of like filmmakers complaining, oh, because the uh, the censorship, we can't really some good stuff because uh, it's not free, you know, we can't really free to express ourselves. I feel like it's an excuse, you know, of course you can make good stuff. See what's Iranian film, what's, you know, Russian film looks like, then you can, you know, of course you can make good stuff. You started this place almost four years ago. Four years already, yeah. So what do you think Camera Stilo, what do you hope will be Camera Stilo then when the next, after one decade? So uh, I'm thinking I can find someone, like find, find a professional manager or whatever, run this place just like a bar. Sometimes we have like small events, then we can move the big uh, event go to somewhere else. That's what I'm trying to to figure it out right now. If it's possible, I want to move all the uh, events, you know, like culture stuff, screening or stage play, you know, play, move to somewhere else, somewhere else, which is I can charging tickets legally. For every place, for example, like at 7 or 8, they have their own uh, committee. I'm not sure it's the, it's the right word. You know, like if you do events, you have to report to them. If they proved, says, oh, this event is fine, you can, you can do it. Okay, so I guess some censorship bureau that you go and you tell them, this is what I want to do, yeah. and they say yes or no. Yeah, censorship is all right. But the problem is like, I don't know who I can report to. And this is the bar. On the license, it's just saying you can selling drinks. So event, it's not on the license. It's not a problem. It's fine. But I guess it's it's also something like if I want developing the events part, I need a proper license. I need to find some venue come with this kind of rights. I'm trying to get in touch with the Wenchuang um, Yuan. You know, something like seven or eight. Mm. Uh, you know, like the particular culture area which has complete different systems. You know, like you can do everything by anyway it's like a legal place now we usually ask uh, we usually in other show of sub china we people are being asked to do to give a recommendation mm. uh, about anything a book or a film but now i would like you to recommend s just so that this program doesn't become a full advertisement for a uh, camera stilo mm-hmm. i paid for the beer that i was drinking right now yes i appreciate that you're welcome so I, i was wondering if you have any recommendation for like a cool place in beijing that people should come and visit so in this area probably uh auto space maybe the one because we are very similar but they are more arty i also don't know how how can they make money you know it's a bar it's also a bar but they do film events they do different but They do exhibitions and they went through a big renovation like a few yes, months ago yes but uh, yeah i don't know how they can make money because every time sometimes i go to have a drink everybody every time I go there is empty and also if if it's events they'll got some people buy some drink we're very similar but uh, there's also one in um fangjia futong it's called yuan liao But but it closed because you know bad business and maybe ddc because ddc is a very good venue for for music 
but from what I heard, DDC, which is this really cool place for music, they manage now to have like majority of Chinese customers, and this is how they make the business keep running. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. But it's different, you know. Music and film is different. They charging tickets. Everybody getting into it. They have to pay. Okay, but then I'm just wondering. Why do you think those places close so fast? Like people don't prepare a business model. Yeah, you did not prepare a business yeah, model. I don't. Why? <laughs> like you, I, I would think that when you invest your money into like a brick and mortar because business, you would think about how I'm going to make my money back. That's called naive. Okay. And you just do stuff by your patience. If I'm doing it again, I won't just you know. I have to figure out exactly my business plan, how to make money, how can I you know get my customers. But you know. If it's always start, you know, there's no way back. You know, you have to keep going. You know, if you can stay, you stay. If you can stay, you leave. On those good words, we will wrap up this show. Thank you for coming. No problem, my pleasure. Well, no, sorry. Thank you for inviting me uh, here in your vintage shop uh, where we could uh, okay. have this interview. And thank you, dear listeners, for sticking until the end credits. Middle Earth is produced by China Compass Production, your production service in the Middle Kingdom. In case you have a film, a documentary, or a news project related to China, drop us an email at chinacompassproduction.com and see how we can set up a win-win cooperation. Today's episode was produced, written, and edited by Aladdin Faré. Co-produced by Kaiser Guo. Music by Sean Calvo. Designed by Brendan Gonzalez. A big thanks to Claire, who brought me there two years ago in Camera Silo. If you want to connect and support us, you can look at Middle Earth Podcast on LinkedIn, Facebook, or WeChat. Drop us a like or tell us what subject you would like to hear about. I guess you already have a podcast app, but if you don't want to miss the coming show or listen to the old ones, you can subscribe to our feed. And please do consider leaving a review wherever you get this show. Will help with the algorithm and our ego. Otherwise, I sincerely hope to see you next time. Have a nice day. Bye bye.